This is Sheffield Live. We're open for Business Live. Good morning. It's just after nine o'clock. It's Friday. It's the 12th of October 2018. I'm Jamie Veach. I'm your host for the next hour for Sheffield Live's business and social enterprise programme, Business Live. And we're broadcasting live from the Sheffield Live radio station in the centre of Sheffield. We're going out on FM radio. We're going out through our online stream. And the show is also going to be available as a podcast later on from the Sheffield Live website. So talking podcasts, did you hear last Friday's show. If you didn't, then you missed a fascinating interview with fascinating guests. We were talking with Rob the Cartoonist. He's an illustrator based in Japan and he was telling me all about what it's like to work in Japan and what it's like to uh, make your living as a cartoonist and illustrator with international clients all over the world. We also had James Barthorpe and Paul Simpson of Food Circle Supermarket in the studio last Friday and they were talking about Food Circle Supermarket and their growth. They have grown tenfold since they were last on the programme back in March. How did they do that? Well, you'll have to listen to the podcast of last Friday's show to find out. So uh, if you missed last last Friday's show, then catch the podcast up on the Sheffield Live website. It's up there. So who is on today's programme? Well, I'm delighted that we have an interesting guest here in the studio with us. John Maiden is here and we're going to talk with him all about his, uh, well, you'll have to keep on listening to find out exactly what he's going to tell us about but I'm very very excited to hear about John um, and to hear about his idea just before we do that what's been going on in business and in social enterprise what's been going on with you what have you been up to are you doing something interesting innovative different wonderful superb would you like to be on the program would you like to get in touch well you can just send an email to jamie at sheffieldlive.org send a text to 07 904 272 200 find us on twitter uh, Jamie Veach or find Sheffield Live on Twitter as well and we're always interested in hearing from you so please do get in touch. So like many here at Sheffield Live I've been devastated to hear some sad news from one of our about the loss of one of our team this week and I just wanted to mention that I think we're all reeling and I know many of you listeners are reeling too. So, Phil, you will be greatly, greatly missed. And I have fond memories of going out for a drink together and talking about a whole range of things. So, Phil, we will miss you. I think it's time we welcomed our guest today onto the programme. I'm really pleased that John Maiden has come in today and I've known John for a long time and I've admired his resolute resilience and his um, ability to want to do the right thing and uh, even if it's the hard thing to do. So John, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for that glowing introduction. So can you introduce yourself in your own words? Who are you? For those of you who don't know you, um, what do you do now? Okay, uh, I'm John Maiden. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Pandrango. Uh, so we're on a mission to transform the way the world learns, uh, and we're going to do that by building a world of experiential learning that connects learning to life. 
We want uh, to equip young people with the knowledge, skills and experience to find their purpose and fulfil their potential. So we've got some really ambitious aims uh, for Panjango and to help transform the education system for young people. Transform the education system for young people, experiential learning. I love the sound of that. I also like what I'm seeing on the desk here at the Sheffield Live studio. We have uh, we have a, a board game, some beautifully designed cards. So how does Panjango work? How, how, how does this process of experiential learning, gamification what do you do? What, what is it? Yeah, so we, we want to gamify and contextualise learning. So what that means is we want to make learning more fun and engaging for young people. And we want to relate young people's learning to the real world. So we want to show them um, the purpose and the meaning of what they're learning at school. Um, so what we're doing is we're creating a whole suite of resources um, around different forms of games. Um, so we already have uh, a, a gamified online platform for schools which uh, links the curriculum to work-related challenges um, to bring that learning to life for young people. Uh, and now we're actually launching our offline product range. Um, so we've got board games, uh, Trump's games, we're going to follow it up some, with some other card games as well. And we're currently launching that on Kickstarter at the moment. Um, we've got ambitious plans for the future as well. So the real thrust of what we're looking to do in the future is to build an app which fully gamifies the Panjango experience um, in both the home and the school environment for young people. Right, brilliant. Some exciting plans there. And um, you're launching on Kickstarter right now, app development down the line, and you've also secured the backing from a... Uh, uh, a prestigious and well-known organisation that supports uh, educational innovation and uh, perhaps you can tell us more about them as well. That's the Young Foundation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're delighted to have secured £150,000 investment from the Young Foundation. They specifically invest into enterprises which reduce educational inequality. Yeah. Um, so they have a very narrow and very important remit. Um, and they support all different types of organisations tackling that very, very important problem in different ways. Um, so they've been an incredible support for us and they've obviously now injected some money into the company to enable us to really launch, um, launch the brand, launch new products um, and really build for the future for the first time. Right, great. That's fantastic. So I want to come back to the Young Foundation then in a few minutes in terms of the process that you went through to uh, get their backing, um, which uh, came through in May. But in the meantime, if people were to uh, take a look at Panjango on Kickstarter right now, it's beautiful. Looks great. Um, we've got a copy of the board game. We've got Panjango Trumps here in the studio, but... Uh, um, we're on radio, so I'm going to have to call on your powers of description to, uh, to describe the games. Okay, then. I'll do my best. Okay, so the, the Panjanga game, it's a fun and fast-paced challenge game uh, that gets young people around the table laughing, smiling, and most importantly, thinking about their future. And so we have lots of different types of challenges. Um, we've got action challenges where they have to perform some type of action relating to different occupations. We've got questions exploring the world of work. And then we've got uh, competitive and collaborative challenges. So we've got team play challenges where the players have to work together uh, to complete the challenge and all play challenges where they have to compete. So what we're doing is we're trying to mirror the real world of work yes. to enter where you have to both compete and collaborate in order to succeed in life. Right. Okay. It's a bit different to um, to, to how business can be um, and careers can be portrayed on TV. That sort of cutthroat, backstabbing world of certain TV programs, which are clearly, um, well, let's hope 
it's not it's not uh, meant to be a, a picture of how to behave in work when we see the backstabbing on certain shows like Absolutely the apprentice not. no we, we want to present a different view of the world yeah. of work one where actually you succeed by supporting each other uh, yeah. and we achieve great things by working together um, we actually have uh, what we call consequence cards hidden within the challenge decks which explore important lessons about life and the world of work right and, and reinforce those key learning outcomes that parents and teachers are trying to and still within children. Okay, wonderful. So we have a board here, and it has a beautiful spinner on it. We have four stacks of cards. One's green, one's uh, dark green, one's bright yellow, one's orange. The spinner um, with some lovely artwork, and the artwork uh, you've been collaborating with um, your, your designer is a Sheffield-based designer, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's Dave Greasley at Side yep. by Side. Grand, super. So um, in terms of gameplay, um, you talked about cards with consequences. You've talked about instilling the values of cooperation as well as competitiveness. Um, so how does gameplay work? Do, do, do I spin that? What happens? Yeah, so uh, a player would spin the wheel, they'd yep. under one of the categories, um, and then they'd... Uh, pick up one of the um, challenge cards and then they'd complete um, complete the challenge. Okay. Um, so we've got an example here uh, of uh, the name game. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're all aerospace engineers working on the design for the first manned shuttle to Mars. Each player should take a turn to name one feature that would make the space shuttle safe and comfortable for the crew. Okay. Yeah. So it's placing the young people into a situation that may be faced by people in the real world, in this case, an aerospace engineer, yes. and asking them how they'd respond in that situation. So it's contextualising that learning for young people. Right, yes. Yeah. So it, uh, it, it, it really, contextualising is key, isn't it? It really uh, helps to get an understanding of what it might be like to work in a particular role in a particular industry yep uh, yeah. that's it so we want to um to treat uh the players like like young adults um we don't want to um babyfy this resource at no. all um, we want to um, treat them in a mature way and actually yeah. show them the potential of their learning and actually show them the exciting applications um, of, of what they're learning right. in a real world context that makes absolute sense. Yeah, grand. So let's say that we, uh, we, we spin the spinner, we, we come to that particular question or that particular scenario. Um, what happens next? How, how does gameplay continue? Okay, so um, the, the player would win the card. Yeah. If they successfully complete the challenge, either individually or as a team, um, then the play passes on to another player. Um, and it's just a quick pace challenge game. So we're going around, we're doing lots and lots of different types of challenges. Um, so I can give you another example. Um, so we've got uh, time to mime. Yeah. M- mime in silence, the secret job below for the other players to guess. Uh-huh. And that secret job is a chef. So they have to mime that out without using any words. Right. I'm going to mime that on radio right now. Actually, perhaps I'm not because I don't think it would be good radio. But uh, um, but uh, I tell you what, though, John, I had a fantastic game of charades this summer. And uh, um, my, miming is really great fun, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those that uh, everyone enjoys whenever they play it. Yeah. Um, and it's not played enough these days. Mm. Um, but that's what we're actually finding. Um, we're finding a lot of feedback from, from teachers and parents. Uh, and they're saying it's, it's fantastic when they can get the children away from the screens yes. and get them around a board playing together 
interacting with each other uh, and the children themselves as well from all of the trialing that we've done with in schools um, and all the workshops we've delivered we always find that the children find it a really refreshing change to actually do something physical and tangible yes. and work together and talk and laugh and play and that's that's what we want to tap into yes that sounds fantastic so tell me then about that Te- that process of testing and going into schools and, and working with people playing the game did that lead to refinement did you iterate the game significantly or were you right first time and you tested it and everyone went wow this is wonderful how did it go <laughs> well we, we've got some fantastic professional designers on our design team but the most important designers of all are the children um, yeah. so we've um, struck up a, a, a good arrangement with some local schools in Sheffield and we regularly go in and test uh, the products that we're developing at each phase of their development. Um, so uh, the, the Trumps, uh, which we haven't really focused on yet, um, was the first product that we, we developed. Yeah, um, I want to come on to those in a moment. Absolutely. So, yeah. and, and then the, the board game afterwards. And the children have been, desi- uh, been involved in that process from inputting on the initial design work and the little characters that were used to bring the careers to life, um, right through to the types of challenges that we're using. Um, and the gameplay format uh, itself. Yeah. Um, so they've been absolutely instrumental uh, in, in making the products what they are. Right. Brilliant. So, uh, so they're behind the game. The, uh, the, the children have been instrumental in getting the games to, to, to where they are. Absolutely. Right. Our most important stakeholders. Yeah. Super duper. Okay. So as you mentioned, we haven't yet focused on, on the, uh, the Trumps, uh, Panjango Trumps. And uh, we have a set of Panjango Trumps here. Now, lots of people are familiar with the uh, idea of top Trumps and so on and uh, Trump cards. I'm holding up a uh, Panjango Trump for graphic designer, graphic designers. And I can see um, ratings for study, training, for physical effort, brain power, social good, average salary and robot risk. So risk of their role being um, um, automated. automated. Yeah. OK. This And a fun fact as well. So hopefully... We're all familiar with how tr- top trumps uh, work, but h- how would someone play uh, the so, trumps game? So in our trumps game, um, we have more cards than a normal pack. Uh, yeah. We actually put 50 different careers head-to-head um, in, a, in a stats battle. Right. Um, so it is uh, a stats comparison game um, where we'd, we'd face off against each other with our different um, careers that we're holding in our hand. And I'd select a category, for example... Uh, brain power 85 yeah. and if that beats your uh, brain power for whatever career you're holding well it'll beat hand. my brain power john <laughs> well yes <laughs> that, that wouldn't be too difficult <laughs> um but yeah if that beats my uh, the brain power of the card i'm holding then you win so it's yeah grand <laughs> yeah absolutely so that that's that's it's very simple gameplay it's a really popular format and we were really surprised when we when we looked and there isn't actually a, a careers trump game anywhere in the world so we just thought why not create it so the first the world first careers trump game brilliant absolutely absolutely um so yeah we we just wanted it to be a really fun light-hearted introduction to the world of work for young people and that could explore careers in a a really gamified and fun format um but help them to really understand um careers information on on a deeper level um, rather than just reading job profiles um like they often are presented with in a school environment yeah. in traditional careers education um, so that's why we're very keen to include things like uh the social good yeah. uh, associated with um different careers um because often we're just presented with these job job information and and you know 
it's often presented in a way where the highest salary is the best job. Mm. And in reality, that's not the case. No. Most people um, draw satisfaction from their work um, far beyond the salary that they're earning. And it's all about finding your purpose. And that's that's really what's at the heart of Panjango's resources, is helping young people find their purpose, find out what excites them, um, what will give them meaning and purpose in their lives. Yes. So that's why we're very, uh, very keen to include social good as a category within these cards. And within research, uh, increasing numbers of young people say that uh, social good is a major driver in terms of their career and the type of organisation that they want to either go and work for if they want to become an employee or that they want to work in or work with or in terms of what they want to do. So, so yes, I think you've hit on something really important there. There's a really alarming statistic that we, we often use, and that's that only 14% of people are satisfied with their job. Mm. So only about one in seven people in the workforce are satisfied. That's not even happy, that's just satisfied. So as a nation, we're, we're plagued with this problem of dissatisfaction with how we spend the vast majority of our lives. Yes, Most people, the vast majority of people, aren't doing something that makes them fulfilled uh, with how they spend most of their hours and that's really alarming and and we're hoping to change that statistic yes indeed okay well i think you're you're onto a really good thing here with um with panjango trumps and we mentioned that it's the world's first career trump game so uh what what have you done in terms of protecting your intellectual property uh, within the games because that's potentially a minefield it is, and it's actually very hard to do with, with games. Um, yeah. So from an IP perspective, um, what we're really dealing with here is the presentation of information, which mm. is very, very difficult to protect. Um, equally, um, we don't necessarily believe in the protection of ideas. Um, we think if you have a good idea, other people should be free to, to use that and better it, and it continually it makes you continually improve your own ideas. Um, so, so from a kind of moralistic point of view, um, we're not really that into the protection side of things um but but yeah i mean as as standard products like this are protected by copyright um and and yeah there's there's not a huge amount more you can do with with Mm. board games and card games yeah Um, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to develop a brand identity yes um that's very strong and very prominent and memorable um for young people parents and teachers yes so that they they buy into what we're trying to achieve um, and they have loyalty towards the brand. And for us, that's the, the greatest form of protection is, is loyalty. Yes, I, I, I really get that. That makes absolute sense. So in terms of listeners who uh, have been intrigued by the spinner going round and the cards that we're holding up, check out uh, my Twitter account in a few minutes because I will take a photograph of John demonstrating the game here here in the studio and you can see more but of course even better you can take a look at the kickstarter page panjango because if you take a look there you'll be able to get um your own um copy of your well your own set of panjango trumps and your your own um, board game as well tell us about the kickstarter and rewards available and uh, so on yeah, so uh, we just launched on Kickstarter within the last 48 hours um, and we felt it was a, a good platform for us to to raise awareness of our products and our brand yeah. Um, as, as, yeah, we, we 
want to talk to the world about what we're, we're trying to achieve and we want people to buy into our journey. So we've, we felt it was a, a great platform for that uh, and just to get our products off the ground. Um, we have secured the Young Foundation investment already, yes. so we're not dependent on the success of the Kickstarter campaign to get our products to market. Uh, they will be developed anyway. Um, but we just want to build our audience and build this loyal customer base yes. that can follow us as we develop more products in the future. And many folk here on the show have talked in the past about uh, the fact that crowdfunding isn't necessarily a source of money, a source of cash. It's it's a marketing tool Absolutely. to um, to 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 spread the word within a platform that's um, very popular and that people enjoy using to find new games. In this case, or or other other initiatives, other ideas. So that, that's it. So a, a lot of the marketing that we are doing to promote the Kickstarter campaign, we would be doing anyway as some kind of product launch. Yes. Um, so we're not really duplicating work here, um, but at the same time, we're we're driving sales and we're driving awareness. At, yeah. And, and yeah, building Panjango as a brand. Grand. Okay, super. So your ideal customers for Panjango Trumps, for the board game as well, will be a mixture of schools. Um, presumably lots of schools will, be, will, will, will want copies. But also there'll be um, um, community organisations that work with young people, um, parents, carers, a whole, whole mixture yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're designing games that um, are, should be primarily used by young people and parents in the home environment. Mm. Um, so we're developing commercial products um, for, for mass use. Yeah. Um, but equally, um, we're, we're very conscious that um, these are, are great teaching resources in a school environment as well. So we're, we've designed them in a way that would work in a classroom setting also. Um, equally, um, there's absolutely no reason why they can't be used by, by youth groups. Um, we've even had um, job centres and prison, prison services um, approach us to ask if, if the products can be used in those types of settings with, with older people as well. Um, so again, we, we, the, the resources are very flexible. Um, they're designed in a way that's not too kiddish. Mm. Um, so the design work is accessible for all, um, and the challenge is certainly um, if you if certainly if you try and do some of the um, the literacy and numeracy and science questions um, that contextualise learning in the board game, you'll, you'll find that they are they are challenging. There is a, a very good reason why there is a television program called "Are You Smarter Than a Ten Year Old?" because what ten year olds learn in school these days is very very tricky. Yes, indeed it is. Um, now that's an interesting one actually, because I was reading earlier this week. I think it's uh, Rob Hopkins, who uh, some folk will know as the founder of the Transition Town Movement, um, who's a teacher as well. But he's uh, got a big project about the imagination uh, on at the moment, and he's writing a lot about imagination. And uh, he or or, um, one of his sources has talked about... uh, um, how we're all perhaps getting smarter, um, more intelligent, but we're using our imaginations less. And, Absolutely. Um, and you touched on this earlier as well in terms of getting people um, uh, off the screen, so not, not on the screens all the time and getting people to sort of play with tactile things as, as, as well, and that's clearly going on here. And the idea of imagining um, what it is actually like to be in a scenario in a fun contextualized way makes yeah. make sense yeah, yeah I, there's, there's a very well documented skills gap that's faced by employers in the uk and beyond uh, whereby employers cannot fill uh, more than 20 percent of vacancies advertised because there aren't there isn't the talent available um, this is despite there being almost a million young people who are unemployed in the uk 
Um, there are even higher levels of, of youth unemployment across Europe. Um, so the young people today aren't developing the skills that they need in the modern world of work. Um, so this is obviously, a, a, you know, it can be a reflection of the amount of screen time that they're, they're growing up with um, and they're not developing the social skills. But more so, I, I think it's a reflection of the, the narrow focus of the education system. Yeah. We, we train young people to pass exams. We give them enough information in order to get a good grade in an exam and we measure their success by a letter at the end of it that has very little meaning for an employer it has very little meaning for society as a whole and so that's why we're pioneering a concept called four-dimensional learning yes so rather than learning being one-dimensional focusing on the acquisition of knowledge we want to add three new dimensions to that learning journey so the application of that knowledge skill and character development and real world experience so our products um the the offline card and board games being the very start of that journey um are, are a step in that direction to help young people develop four-dimensional skills as they progress through their educational journey. Fantastic. Sounds absolutely great. Well, I'm going to uh, give you the opportunity to um, mention the Kickstarter and uh, link to it. And, well, of course, I'll tweet the link out to it as well in a moment or two. But I just want to uh, go on to a couple of other things which I find really, really interesting about you, John, if we may, which um, many of us here in Sheffield will know you from your um, previous work as a social entrepreneur in the creative space and the creative industries and for um, um, getting uh, spearheading a, uh, a wonderful re- resource, a uh, community resource that was uh, much loved um, in terms of the, uh, the, the Riverside. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about um, um, what you did there, what you achieved, because I think um, it, it was significant, um, and about perhaps um, the wrench of leaving something as a founder? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, in, a, in a previous life, it seems now, um, I was the development director of Point Blank Theatre Company. Yeah. Um, so when I first came on board, uh, it was quite a small arts education charity. Um, it had, I think, three employees when I first joined. Um, and the, the founders always had a dream of having a venue. Um, and they'd explored uh, different spaces, you know, kind of warehouse units and whatever else. I think we even looked at a, an old um, funeral parlour at one point. Um, so we were exploring all different types. And then we'd also had this idea of, of a pub mm. and, and having an enterprising venue mm. that could generate income for yes. the organisation. and But at the same time, be a platform to deliver live arts yes. and, and arts education activities. Um, so we, we saw the Riverside. Uh, at the time, Kellam Island was still quite a, a rundown and very much developing area. Um, this was also uh, pre-financial crash. Yes. As well. Um, so very different times. Um, and we, it was always a dream um, to to take on a, a venue like that. And it just started with a conversation um, at a at an event. I think it may have been uh, one of your events, Jamie, actually. Mm. Um, and, and, and we just had this conversation with a, a bank and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll lend you £300,000 to buy a pub. No problem. Two weeks later the financial crash hit yeah the people that we've been talking to lost their jobs suddenly three hundred thousand pound investments for community groups weren't on the table no. anymore but 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 the seed had been sown um so that's when we we really started to seriously look at this project yeah um and we were started to work with the likes of key fund yorkshire yeah uh, charity bank um future builders as they were called at the time um and and after a while we we managed to cobble together the finance to buy the riverside 
Um, it, it was tough going because we, we just got over the line on the finance, so we didn't really have a lot of working capital to no. invest. Um, but the project flourished. Um, yes. You know, we, we then took over this struggling pub. Um, it was only open three days a week uh, when we took it over, um, and it was quite run down. Um, and we just put on a whole host of live arts and entertainment activities. Um, we embedded our community activities into the operational side of the Riverside. So we got um, people on government schemes and training programs, working in the kitchen, doing environmental initiatives on the riverbank, um, doing arts programs, working on the building. Um, so from top to bottom, the venue was run for community benefit. Yes. Um, and the profits generated by the bar and the restaurant side of things were reinvested into the charitable aims of the organisation. Um, it was, as we believe, the first not-for-profit pub outside of London at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are now a few more. Um, but, but yeah, at the time, there weren't many to follow their example. Well, it was um, much loved when it was... Uh, uh, developed by um, the theatre company and uh, became this wonderful community space started to thrive started to open more than three days a week as well absolutely yeah uh, yeah we were open all the time and of uh, course it remains much loved as a as a as a, as a, as a pub uh, absolutely absolutely um so uh, a while after i i left the organization um the the venue was unfortunately sold and is no longer a, a community asset although it's no. you know it's still being very well run and i think it's retained the element of live arts within it yeah um so yeah it's 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 now just one of sheffield's thriving venues it's great so without uh without without having to sort of bear your soul is is it a wrench to leave an organization that you've developed and um and set up and it's achieved um the things that you did i mean it, it, it must have been hard um in some ways yeah um there were there were kind of reasons um for my leaving um i mean yeah it it was it was not something i particularly wanted to do at the time um but i felt like i had no choice given the direction that um it was going at the time um uh, but it also felt like a good time for me to leave as well personally um so after um five years of of working for the organization having Mm -hmm. helped them to grow and to acquire a venue and to be on a, a really stable footing um, with a you know this asset this great asset Community giving asset, them yeah. um, a sustainable revenue stream I felt for me it was the you know a, a good time to move on and, and look at another challenge yes and since then you've been working with social entrepreneurs and uh, helping them um, before developing Panjango so um, you've helped um, probably dozens of social entrepreneurs we're talking about this before coming on air today um, in terms of business planning in terms of access to finance and funding in terms of um, their, their their growth to secure sustainable revenue streams yep so uh, i thought it'd be good to ask you about what um uh challenges people uh, commonly have what challenges you see are common across founders and, and um, small social entrepreneurs um, or what sort of advice you give to other people other people who might be listening who are setting up uh, an initiative a community initiative a social enterprise as a solopreneur or whatever any advice that you'd give to people or any challenges that frequently come up 
Well, how long have we got? (laughs) That's not an easy question to answer. Um, I'm going to focus on um, my particular client group that I worked with uh, when I was a social enterprise consultant. And that was um, either people running very small uh, enterprise projects, um, often kind of working by themselves, but wanting to grow, but also people who just had an idea for a great project, but they didn't really know how to get it off the ground. Mm. That that was where we focused because we found that traditional consultancy services were beyond their reach. They, they couldn't afford the two, three hundred pounds a day to pay for a consultant. So we looked at different types of, of, of payment mechanisms for them. Um, so there was a kind of almost like a no win, no fee consultancy service mm-hmm. um, that we offered to people. So there were, it completely removed the risk for them, enabled them to start a new enterprise or to, to grow their enterprise at no risk yes. and, and then pay us if it was successful. And we knew it would be successful. So the risk was very minimal for us as well. Um, but for them, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to get um, an enterprise off the ground or to grow it, um, particularly in the current climate where there are next to no grants available anymore. When I first um, started working in the sector, um, the grant funding was already declining, but there was still plenty out there, um, particularly grants to start things up um, and explore new ideas and pilot projects. There was plenty of small grant pots available for that yes. and a lot of that has now dried up there are still some things available um, so a couple of things that we always recommend um, is unlimited small grants where you can get five thousand pounds um, to just test or to start something up um, and it's very very light touch and it was actually a five thousand pound grant from unlimited that got panjango off the ground several yes. years ago and it helped us develop our first product and and take that to market right um, the other one is a water for all yeah um, so there's up to ten thousand pounds available um, through the national lottery again it's a very light touch um, grant scheme and enables you to do a very broad range of community projects so th- those are two that are still available thankfully um and are fantastic for people who have an idea um, but don't want to formally enter into a business setup um, in the early days before they've been able to test their idea out. Okay, great. So um, a recommendation and endorsement for Unlimited and for Awards for All there. And you were presumably helping some of your clients to access those um, streams as well. Um, I'll tweet the links again to Unlimited and uh, Awards for All. So um, you don't have to have a Twitter account to find them. Just look up Jamie Veach on Twitter and you'll find me, even if you don't have a Twitter account. And then you can follow the links through to Panjango. You can also follow the links through to Unlimited and Awards for All if you want to find out more. So thanks for those, John. That's that's great. So um, that's been a wide-ranging discussion today. I really appreciate your time coming in today to, to the studio and talking about about uh, Panjango and um, I'd like to um, I suppose finish by um, giving a call to action go take a look at um, the games on the Kickstarter at the moment because um, they're beautifully produced beautifully designed we've uh, we we uh, we have um, we have them here in the studio with us, and I'll tweet photos as well. But take a look at the Kickstarter. A whole range of rewards are available as well, John. So. There are, yeah. There's, there's big discounts available for the people who back us through Kickstarter. Um, we, you know, you're, you're joining us at the first stage of our journey, so we want to reward you too. Um, so we're giving you big discounts. Um, so you can get hold of um, the board game for uh, just £24. It's, um, 
you know, a, a big discount on what it's going to be available um, for in the future. Um, the Trump's pack, which we can guarantee will be delivered by Christmas. Um, yeah. So it's the perfect stocking filler for any young person. Um, that's available for just £8. Um, there are even bigger discounts if you get in there early with our early bird discounts. One other product that I've not mentioned is a future jobs version of our Trump's pack. Um, so we've got another version of the Trump's pack, which instead of exploring 50 careers um, that exist today, they actually explore 50 careers of the future that don't even exist yet. So nice. we've been working with some of the world's leading futurists in trying to predict the jobs that are coming online. Um, so there's a nice statistic we use that nine out of 10 of the top jobs today didn't even exist 20 years ago. Right. Um, so we're trying to prepare young people for a future world of work that yes. doesn't even exist yet. And, and our future jobs trumps pack, I think is going to be a really fun and eye-opening game for them That's to, to do that. That's such a brilliant idea. I really love that. That's absolutely great. Yeah. Really good idea. Okay, so take a look. Panjango on Kickstarter. You'll be able to find uh, and get hold of a copy of Panjango Trumps before Christmas. You'll be able to buy the board game. You'll be able to get discounts. Um, Future Jobs Trumps coming out sooner. uh, Yep, yep. We we think we'll be able to um, distribute our Future Jobs packs uh, most likely in January. There's a small chance we might be able to sneak those out before Christmas too. Right, grand. Well, it's been absolutely fascinating having a chat with you today, John. So thank you so much for coming in. Um, in terms of call to action for people who can want to find out more about you, find you, of course, really the big thing, go to the Kickstarter. Um, can people contact you in other ways through social media, for example, anywhere? anywhere any- Ab- absolutely. Just just search Panjango. We've got yep. quite a unique name, so uh, we'll, we'll show up top of the rankings. Um, go to panjango.com to visit our website um, or, or follow us on facebook or twitter as well grand superb well john maiden thank you so much for coming in we're going to play a track of music which you've chosen this is radical face it's uh, the track is welcome at home and uh, we'll play that now john thank you thank you very much this is sheffield live we're open for business live this is Business Live, Sheffield Live's weekly business and social enterprise programme with me, Jamie Veach. We've been hearing today from John Maiden, and he's been talking all about Panjango, his experiential learning board games. They're absolutely fabulous. Picture going up on my Twitter account in a moment or two so you can see them for yourselves. And if you've only just tuned in, you've missed the interview with John, then panic not. The podcast will be up on the Sheffield Live website later on today from about 11am. Just go to sheffieldlive.org, look at radio shows, find Business Live and the podcast. For today's programme, 12th of October, will be there. We started today's show with a tribute to our Phil and it was a pleasure to work with Phil Baldwin here at Sheffield Live and we're all devastated by his loss and the tragic news of his loss that, uh, from this weekend. And I remember Phil's smile, his sense of humour. I worked with Phil in 2014, 15, 16 particularly, quite extensively, and um, enjoyed working with him on ads at Sheffield Live and on helping to get... Uh, uh, technical support for the program makers here at Sheffield Live. Phil gave program makers invaluable support, advice, love, care and attention. And we went out for drinks from time to time and um, Phil had a ready wit, um, really interesting person to speak with, kind, caring and Phil, we will miss you horribly. So... 
I know many listeners will miss Phil too. We all shall. So Phil, thank you for the love that you brought to the world. We'll be back on our next Friday, um, so please come back then and listen to Business Live next Friday on Sheffield Live, 9am through to 10am. Don't go away now, though, because next up on Sheffield Live is our fantastic folk music programme. Thank goodness it's folk. They're on from 10 all the way through to midday, so tune in to Thank Goodness It's Folk and enjoy it. We're going to sign off now with uh, a track of music by Arcade Fire. This is Sprawl. I want to thank John Maiden for coming in today. I want to thank Sangeeta in the studio as sound engineer. And I want to thank you for listening. Take care. We'll be back on air next Friday. And we'll play out now with some Arcade Fire. This is Sheffield Live. We're open for business live.